Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. All you have to do is just dial in here at 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. And nobody will be joining us shortly as well. Uh, Lots of stuff in the news, of course. Despite the fact that bombs are falling in Yemen... And uh, China is locking down, uh, I think, Shanghai for COVID. And, like, there's all kinds of, like, actual serious stories in the news. What's everybody talking about? Will Smith, presumably. (laughs) Yeah, it's Will Smith. That's the one I've been seeing on social media all day. Like, to the extent that I deactivated uh, Facebook earlier today. And I I came back because I wanted to weigh in on something completely unrelated. Mm. But I'll be deactivating again because I just... It drains on me going to it and just seeing people who have no idea what they're talking about suddenly being body language experts. You know, Mm. here's a screenshot of this and they're just analyzing. Oh, you can tell from the 17 degree angle that he's holding his arm at, Mm -hmm. that he's pulling his punches or whatever. And it's like, dude, you kind of have to, you know, train to analyze body language to that degree, just like they were all epidemiologists two years ago and six months ago, they were right. all foreign policy experts. Now they're body language experts. It's, libertarians are really bad about it, man. Oh, you're saying these are libertarians specifically? Primarily libertarians. Oh, okay. I mean, there are other people doing it, but libertarians are uh, some of the worst about it. I oh. mean, they know everything about everything. And they won't let you tell them otherwise. There's a ton of people online talking about what happened uh, last night with Will Smith going up on stage after Chris Rock made a joke about his (laughs) wife. And I guess his wife has uh, some kind of a medical issue that has caused her to lose her hair. Yeah, I don't remember. I think, or something. Something like that. I don't remember what it's called, but it's something I'd never heard of and I didn't know that she had. And. Look, if I if I saw a, a bald woman in 2022, I really wouldn't think a whole lot about it, right? No. I would think, okay, this is a woman who shaved her head. And the, the joke wasn't bad. I mean, it was kind of funny. In fact, if you look, so I don't, and I don't have the, I'm not going to play the clip here or anything like that. I, we're just going to comment on not so much what happened, but the reactions of people, I think, are much more interesting. Yes. Uh, but, but what happened was... Chris Rock tells a joke about G.I. Jane 2. Of course, for listeners that don't know, G.I. Jane was a movie in the 90s. I think it was Ridley Scott directed it. Uh, It was about a woman in the uh, Navy SEALs. And Demi Moore shaved her head for the role. So that was the joke, right? Like that Jada Pickett Smith was going to be in G.I. Jane 2. Ha ha ha. In the video, Will Smith laughs at the joke. Yes. But his wife was not laughing and i suspect what happened you can't see it off screen you see the reaction will smith's initial reaction and her initial reaction then they cut back to chris rock on stage and then just a few moments later will smith is is storming on stage and and he hits him so well see that was the weird thing about it and that's why that's why i think a lot of people get this wrong because he didn't really like storm on stage right from, Not for, immediately. Yeah, Chris Rock probably thought that, you know, this was some skit that they were about to improv together where Will was going to pretend to be upset or something like that. And then Will just actually legitimately slapped him as far as I can tell. But they're like, people are looking at it going, oh, Chris Rock leaned into it. It's clearly fake. Because like, well, he, he was, you know, participating in this improv comedy that he probably thought they were doing. Because it's not mm. like Will Smith threw a chair and ran up on the stage, you know, frothing at the mouth and true. screaming. Yeah, that's He just true. sort of calmly walked up there, reared back, and slapped the Kind of sucker slapped him. 
you know? Yeah. He didn't walk up as though he were going to punch him, and then he did, or then he slapped him. But I think what happened was he realized his wife wasn't happy about it, because, again, he laughed at it initially, yeah. and then realized his wife wasn't happy and decided he was going to go do something about it. Now, of course, the people are, that are reacting are debating whether or not the, the slap was even real. There's a lot of debate about that. Um, but the really interesting aspect of this to me is the number of people that think that words justify violence. And there's a shocking number of people out there. I'm not saying libertarians because I, I right. see a bunch of posts. A lot of times it's libertarians sharing other people's posts on media that they're shocked by. Uh, and I and I don't have any of the, the ones that they shared earlier today just because there's been so many about it. But I did just search for Will Smith Justified uh, on Twitter. And here's one of them. From Georgie at Ultravado, Will Smith did nothing wrong. He was defending his wife from an ableist comment made about her condition on one of the world's biggest artist platforms. His anger was completely justified. And now, so, I have so many questions, though, right? Like, okay, so even if his anger was justified, that doesn't mean that he did nothing wrong. It doesn't mean that, you know, an act of violence was justified. It just means he, there's such a thing as justified anger, righteous anger, sure. so to speak. Anger is almost always justified. You can always find yeah. a reason to be angry at somebody. Now, whether you should hold on to that anger or let it go and forgive is, you know, an, a whole other discussion. But anger, you know, somebody that's mad, they've always got a reason. Whether it's a good reason or not, there's always some reason why good somebody's point. angry, unless they're totally insane. And this concept that, you know, this was an ableist joke and, you know, she was insulted. Okay, well, she could have got up and slapped Chris Rock, too. Herself. I mean, yeah, she's not, like, bound to a wheelchair or anything like that. She She's bald, right? That's it, yeah. She, she very much, if she wanted to, she could have gotten up, walked up on stage, and slapped Chris Rock herself. This was... Blatant white knighting on the part of Will Smith, and I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But I think the liberals who are saying this is justified, this is an ableist attack, need to face the reality. Of this. this was just a dude standing up for a girl because he felt like she couldn't take care of herself. I mean, if she had wanted to, if she had wanted it to escalate to violence, isn't that her decision to make in their worldview? If all of this is correct, and you know, violence was justified in response. If women are equal, and yeah. you know, should have their own. And if violence was justified in Mm -hmm. response to this, then that's her call to make, not Will Smith. And it's misogynistic for him to make that call for her. Yeah, that's a great point. Here's another one from uh, at Wanamico Nile VT, maybe someone from Vermont. Uh, Will Smith was 100% justified in his actions and and deserves absolutely none of the BS these people are giving him. You do not make fun, light, or humor of someone else's suffering for any reason. Uh, hello. That's pretty much comedy yeah, right that, there. Yeah. Like, there's almost <laughs> always somebody who's the butt of a joke. There's almost always a uh, quote unquote victim of any joke out there. Uh, but, and then in the final sentence, this person says, comedy at the expense of another is not comedy, it's bullying. So, this kind of wraps into what the viewpoint is here is words in the, the mindset of these people, words are violence. Words that another person doesn't like, words that may, you know, encourage a person to feel bad is tantamount to violence in these people's minds and so therefore justifies a violent response. And that's why they're looking at what Will Smith did and saying, oh, that's totally fine. His wife was being made fun of. So therefore, he was just simply defending the words which they see as violence 
that were being used against his wife. And this is not just a leftist position necessarily. It reminds me of some of the things I've seen just in like downtown Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, you know, there seems to be just a certain type of person who believes that saying things is justification for violence. And it's not always people on the left. It's just there's just people who use this as an excuse. Like, oh, well, I got my feelings hurt, so therefore it's okay to hit someone. I don't know how they how they failed elementary in, su- in such amazing ways, right? One of the first things we learn as children is that it's wrong to hit people. And it doesn't matter yeah. what they say, sticks and stones will break my bones, right. but words will never hurt me, right? It's It shocks me how many people do not follow that. How many people don't understand that? And I wonder how many of them are the same people that flip out when somebody's got a camera in, in public. Because there's another segment of, of the population, and there are, there's a large amount of them. For instance, a guy was in Keene last week. Uh, he's one of Joa's buddies. He does His name is Press NH Now, and he was doing some public filming with Joa on Friday night. I think it was doing some cop watch downtown, and I knew what was going to happen because I know how people are out on the streets. If you're just recording around with a video camera and there's drunk people around, somebody's going to come up and try to start a fight with you. And, in, and sure enough, it absolutely happened. Somebody came up and and battered this man uh, on the streets. Luckily, he did it didn't go far enough to where he had to pull out his pepper spray and actually like use a defensive maneuver on this person. But he did get touched, and he, the guy hit his camera all just because, for filming. All because he was just in public recording video. And so it just I I, I suspect these are some of the same people. <laughs> Uh, but if you want to weigh in here, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us at 603-283-6160. We got... Coming up, potential war crimes committed by the people calling themselves the Ukraine or Ukraine. Arya has that story. Also, in other Russian news, maybe India is ready to stop using the dollar when it comes to trading with Russia. By the way, joining us tonight... It's nobody. Nobody's here. And Aria. Uh, Ian and Aria also. Uh, phones, again, are open here. Nobody. We were just talking about the Will Smith thing that is everywhere today. It has taken over meme creation. There are so many memes now with this, you know, Will Smith slap. I saw one of them, which is like sort of a looked meme. looked like a punch to me. No, it was definitely it was an open, definitely open-handed. open-handed slap. Oh, wow. uh, which is one of the reasons why some people are saying it was fake, and there's this whole controversy over that, which to me is uninteresting. They do say you should never strike with a closed fist, but it is at times hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it probably hurts a lot more to hit somebody with a closed fist. You're more likely to break your hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suspect it's why... more likely to lead to a full-on fight as well. Could could very well be. Might also lead you to uh, getting criminally charged, because uh, from what I understand, Chris Rock has declined to press charges against will smith so that good so you know he just got hit in the face not the end of the world i guess the way he's looking at it um and if will smith had come in with a closed fist then that might have might have changed how that that played out but not so you know i'm not so concerned with whether or not it was real and i don't think you made the point on the air aria as to why you don't think it even matters right well i don't know if i really can lay out a point about why it does or doesn't matter it just it has no effect on the conversation it has no effect on our lives it has no effect on the outcome it has 
no effect whatsoever, whether it was a staged event or a real one. That probably makes a difference to Chris Rock. Yes. (laughs) Chris Rock and Will Smith are the only people it affects, whether or not it was real or staged. Everyone else, it's equivalent, right? People are going to have the discussion about it in either event, and people are going to evidently argue about whether it was real or not in either event. And the outcome, the conversations around it, they're not going to change regardless of which is true. But that's not stopping people from going out there and arguing relentlessly about whether or not this was real or staged. And it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's just it just goes to show that doesn't matter what happens, there's always a conspiracy. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, the conspiracy is that it was staged because the Oscars are desperate for ratings, and so they knew that, you know, Will Smith and Chris Rock having themselves a spat on stage would get a bunch of tune in, would get a lot of shares and a lot of people talking, so it was completely concocted. That's did it the happen early in the, show, in the show? I have no idea. I can't imagine it did a whole lot for ratings. I mean, I didn't tune into the Oscars because of it. And I was, you know, playing I mean, an online game. it's not like he was going to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I was playing an online game when it happened. So I learned about this as close to real time as anyone on the internet could have. And mm. I, I was never tempted to, oh, man, I need to be watching Gotta this. tune in. Yeah, this is like Smackdown <laughs> over here. I was just like, okay. First of all, that doesn't sound real. That It doesn't sound like the Will Smith that we've all known and loved for the last several decades to go up on stage and just slap someone. Mm. It mm. evidently was, but that, that was not my immediate reaction. And it certainly wasn't, oh man, I need to be watching this. This is exhilarating television. So I can't imagine it did a whole lot for ratings. No, I mean, if they had all of them fighting to the death, I would definitely tune in. <laughs> death match. But, Hollywood death match. Oh, definitely. I would tune in for some Hollywood death match. <laughs> um, but, uh, it depends on the participants for me. Yeah. Right? And, and that I really wouldn't want to see either Will Smith or Chris Rock involved because I, I enjoy both of them. Um, but... Uh, so uh, the conversation about this that's the most interesting, again, as I was saying before, is the fact that some people are justifying uh, these actions. In fact, there's somebody in our uh, Facebook stream. We, we stream video on Facebook because for, for whatever reason they haven't banned us uh, from there yet. Uh, Sky Beatty says, life ain't the Internet. You can go around insulting sensitive matters about people without repercussion. I'm not advocating violence but being a woman who's dealt with hair loss, it's different. I fought suicidal thoughts for a long time as a teen because people like to laugh at people who are struggling with accepting themselves. So I understand differently. Hell, he came to her defense in my mind. No, but yeah, that's that's I mean, not accurate. She could have come to her own defense. He went instead of her defense, right? Like he pushed her aside and went to White Knight for her. He pushed her? The n- figuratively. figuratively. Physically, yeah. Well, I mean, there, there was I mean, nothing. If she was offended, if she was like, oh my goodness, he's bringing up my PTSD and my former suicidal thoughts, she could have gone up there and slapped Chris Rock herself. She chose to sit there and do nothing. Which still would not have she been could. okay. Right. I mean, I can tell you, when when uh, when my wife was going through chemo, if somebody had, had made the wrong joke at the wrong time, I might well have laid him out, which doesn't mean, I'm not saying that's moral. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that occasionally one does something that's immoral and doesn't necessarily feel that bad about it. Um, <laughs> I would say that making a joke about a person going through chemo is is a bit 
more immoral than making a joke about someone losing their hair. Well, this woman and, has some sort of a medical condition that is causing Yeah, but causing is it deadly? That. I don't know. I didn't I don't look either. it up. I just... I'm not going to presume that it isn't. I mean, it's probably unpleasant at the very least. Uh, but you know, I get your point, nobody. It's like, yeah, if you're mouthing off constantly and you're rude and you're the class clown or whatever and, and you're just insulting person after person, it's not unrealistic to expect mm. that someone isn't going to adhere to you know the non-aggression principle and just go ahead and lay you out. So, yeah. I'm, again, that doesn't justify it. But it does. It it is understandable that if you piss enough people off, somebody isn't going to be able to keep their cool. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely absolutely true. You know, you don't you don't get to decide how other people are going to react to your BS. <laughs> so if if you're sensitive about getting hit once in a while, you need to keep your own BS in check. <laughs> See, I I don't agree with that at all. I'm I, I can't control how people react to my BS. But they can, and it's their responsibility. They determine. They should. They, they should. determine how they react, mm. not me. Yeah, and that's it, their responsibility. And again, I I would never justify. I would never justify. I would never say it's justified. But I do see those things happening, and so it's not unbelievable that it could happen, even in a yeah. circumstance like this, where Certainly. everyone's watching and it's all on camera and yeah, so on. Yeah, to say something is predictable is not to say that it's right. That's right. Yeah. It might imply you should have expected it. I mean, it's like the old victim blaming thing, you know. Oh, well, you shouldn't have been walking through that neighborhood in those clothes. Well, in an ideal world, you wouldn't have to think about that. Mm -hmm. But in the reality that we live in, it's a good idea to think about how dangerous a situation you're walking into is. You know, Um, you shouldn't. You shouldn't wear your lucky ham if you're going out among the lions in Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in this case, I don't think that Chris Rock thought his joke about G.I. Jane 2 would have, would, would have crossed that line. And I think that's one of the reasons why he seemed so surprised. He did seem visibly shaken as a result yeah. of this. I mean, I'm surprised he held it together as well as he did. Mm. I don't know that I would have been as calm and collected as he would have. Someone just came up on the stage and slapped me after I made a joke. Yeah, he made a couple statements and went right back to doing the presentation. Kudos to him on that. Uh, The number here, if you want to join us, is 603-283-6160. We're going to get into what's going on in Russia. Apparently, there's some allegations of war crimes on behalf of the Ukrainian side. Arya has that story on the way. Nazis always committing war crimes. Yep. More more coming up here, 603-283-6160. And apparently, there's video of this. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live, phones open, you can join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Aria in the studio tonight, that's 603-283-6160. You can join us online, just head on over to freetalklive.com. We have our social media site at social.freetalklive.com. That is where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts 
over at social.freetalklive.com. It works just like Twitter, except without the evil mega corporation behind it. We run the server, uh, so we're in charge of it, which is pretty cool. So you got more free speech over there at social.freetalklive.com. Except for nobody who's prohibited by uh, bail conditions from speaking on social media. So he just has to talk here. It's true. Yeah. So, oh, I thought that had been revoked as well. No, that uh, one's no. still in place. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you still allowed to? Are you allowed to do interviews on other media now, like talk shows or um, TV stations? I don't think I was ever specifically prohibited from that. I thought you were. I I don't think so. Okay. Um, and I I have done at least one interview since I've been out. All right. Well, good um, to have you back here. Of course, we uh, we're going to get back into your phone calls. We'll get into the Ukraine uh, allegations here in moments of war crimes. But first, Stephen is on the line in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live, Stephen. Hey guys, how are you? What's on your mind, Stephen? Um. So I want to just comment on this Will Smith thing. Um, yes, sir. First of all, Chris Rock. Um, apparently before this rehearsed everything, and this joke wasn't a part of that. Okay. Um, so that makes me wonder, hey, is this, a, is this a skit? Like, is this something that him and Will talked about beforehand? Um, I think potentially, but let's say it's not. Okay. Um, I mean, let's say it is. What difference does it make? Well, then it's not assault. Does that matter to you whether or not it's assault? Or is that is matter- it technically I battery? It, I, I realize that's a legal um, well, I, uh, thing. Okay, so if I am, if it was if it was rehearsed, it's no different than the WWE, right? We all know it's fake. Everyone has it. Like, if there's a plan, you've cleared it. You're right. okay with getting smacked. If you hit somebody, um, and they're not okay with it, you've crossed a massive line. Okay, so let's say let's say it wasn't rehearsed. Let's say it was all genuine. Which it, it very well may be. When, when Will Smith screamed at the stage and made a big deal, okay, you've handled it. You've said your piece. We're done. Under no circumstance is it legal to hit somebody over words in every state. And I've looked it up because I've worked security all across the United States. Mm-hmm. If you threaten me, if you threaten to kill me and I pull a gun out on you, I'm in the wrong. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily the case. If you're in fear for your life, then you have every right to pull out a weapon. It's a matter of uh, um, circumstances. Yeah, it's a matter of matter of circumstances. What I'm saying is the the verbal threat itself does not allow for the drawing of the weapon. There there are times where you threaten me and I can pull a it gun out. It does if you believe it. You you've got it. You've got to prove that, and that's part of it. Like there has to be posturing. There has to be accessibility to a weapon. There has to be the ability to lay hands on you. So many things also have to come in contact. If I just randomly drive down the road and threaten to kill somebody, or driving down the road and they shoot me, they've committed a felony. Now, have I threatened mm-hmm. them? Yes, but it's not justified to shoot somebody over words in any state that I've ever worked in. I've worked in twenty nine of. Um, well, it's a good thing Will Smith didn't shoot him then. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's it's the same principle, right? You know, you can't you can't assault somebody, you can't batter somebody over work. Agreed. It's morally, it's morally irreprehensible. It's wrong. It's not okay. Now right. here's 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 the deal. 
and, and this is this is what really upsets me. I do believe that there is class warfare in this country. And if you go and Google like Will Smith, Chris Rock, LAPD statement, it uses words like two individuals, two people. Um, I've been arrested a bunch. And never in the statement that was given when the last time I was arrested for activism, nobody used the word individual. My name was all over the paper. My name made local TV news. My name made state newspapers. Like, why, why are we saying individual? Why is well, the normally the police use the term particular individuals. Normally the police use the term subject. Yeah, I think I would have to double check, but when my signs were stolen and someone reported that to the police department here in Keene, I'm pretty sure they characterized it as an individual reported the incident to the to the police sergeant or whatever. And, you know, the the individual in question declined a police investigation. So I, I don't find that to be weird. Then it, then it may be a Georgia thing, but like, why, why would the LAPD say people, individuals, everyone knows what you're talking about, unless. Unless somebody else got smacked upside the head of the Oscars and it just didn't make TV, um, it doesn't make. I don't know. Is that what you're most that. upset about? Is how the Los Angeles police press release went? It's one of the things I'm most upset about. But Why? Here's the deal. I've I've worked well. I've worked comedy before, and I've had people rush the well, not rush. I've had people attempt okay, to attack okay, but, me. Okay, but before we move on to that, why is the LAPD response to this something that concerns you so much? Because they're the, the only reason they're treating these people differently. The only reason... These individuals. I've looked, I've, I've looked this up. I've looked it up. In the state of California, the state can press charges without the consent of the victim. So if I walk up to somebody and punch them, and the victim says, uh... I don't, I don't want to press charges. Well, the LAPD or whatever law enforcement agency can say, well, you know what? We don't really care whether or not you want to. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it because we feel that they're a threat to society at this point. Sure, we and we like all know they they're not going to target wrong. the elites. Uh, and that is wrong. Right? That, is, that, is, that is 100% wrong, and that is why I don't pay taxes. Well, I don't think they should be arresting anyone unless the person who's been attacked wants the you know charges to be pressed. Are you saying that you think police should be able to do that? I'm saying that either A, they need to fix the law, which is, I would say is the best way, fix the law, and say if the victim doesn't want the crimes pressed, if the victim doesn't want the charges pressed, then um, we don't do anything. I think that would be the best way to do it. Um but I also believe that there needs to be equality under the law. And the other night proved to us, well, the other night was one of many examples. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's plenty of us. proof that there's two classes of people. There's the people that work for the state and, the, and their yeah. you know, supporters, and then there's the rest of us. Yeah. And they get treated very, very differently, especially if you're a cop. You know, a cop's out, oh, yeah. cop goes out to a bar and hits somebody, then you know that guy's not going to get arrested. Oh, or if he goes not. home and beats his wife, he's probably not going to get arrested. Thanks, Stephen, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I do see the statement here from the LAPD. It goes as follows. LAPD investigative entities are aware of an incident between two individuals during the Academy Awards program. The incident involved one individual slapping another. The individual involved has declined to file a police report. If the involved party desires a police report at a later date, LAPD will be able to complete an investigative report. I don't, that doesn't really offend me. No, 
nor does it. I'm paralyzed by not caring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm confused though because um, this doesn't sound like charges were ever even pursued. It sounds like some no. some busybody reported this, or you know they happened to be watching television, but no right. one was like, "Hey, Chris Chris Rock's team wasn't like, hey, you come up on the stage and slap me." They would have to have Chris Rock's consent in this case because Chris Rock could just go, no, it was a skit. He could. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if Chris Rock isn't willing to, to testify, then it would make their case very difficult. But then again, most people take a plea deal on charges. So, you know. That's they, why you never take the plea deal. Well, though. yeah, but most people <laughs> do, especially Hollywood people, because it'll be a, a literal slap on the wrist, whatever the, the punishment might be. I don't think there would be. What would yeah. they? What, what would they even punish him with? And make him donate to charity or something like yeah. that. Something completely meaningless that wouldn't affect anyone's lives either. Which is, of course, what all of this is, right? Like the uh, the fact that Will Smith slapped this uh, this man is meaningless to all of the rest of the world, but yet everyone is talking about it. Instead of things like, oh, I don't know, men being shot in the leg in Ukraine, which is a story you're going to get into coming up here in moments, Arya. Uh, and we did find the video of this. My leg. Yeah, it's kind of bloody. More coming up here in moments. Uh, 603-283-6160. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got me, Ian. Nobody. And Aria. We're going to get into uh, this Ukrainian story about alleged war crimes happening. Of course, you can also take control of the airwaves here. Plus, coming up, um, maybe we'll talk about some of the hate pieces against the free staters here in new hampshire they they're coming out on almost a daily basis now uh at this point awesome there's Are, so it, much yeah. hate is the free state project still referring to it as the daily re like re is in you know re. autistic screeching yeah i haven't seen that but uh they were for a while doing that which was pretty funny uh so we'll talk about whatever uh, of course you want to discuss the number 603-283-6160 and bitcoin.com great place to go and learn about uh, cryptocurrency like bitcoin and bitcoin cash you can go and click get started at the top of the page and you'll get some of the basic concepts down in the world of crypto which are important to you know to understand before you decide to get into it uh by the way bitcoin hitting i think close to forty seven, forty eight thousand dollars. i had today. heard that so it's been on a slow run up will it continue the momentum we well have- with governments around the world doing everything they can to destroy the economy I'm not terribly surprised to see Bitcoin on its way up. Yeah, it's hard to, of course, predict what's going to happen next, but we are always interested in in watching it and and hearing about the the cool developments. But if you are brand new into it, you should get over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page. If you're not brand new, though, you can get the news headlines for uh, for the day over at News.Bitcoin.com. they got great coverage there. That's News.Bitcoin.com. So, Arya, what has uh, allegedly happened uh, in Ukraine with these supposed war crimes? Well, allegedly, Russian POWs have been shot. That's prisoners of war for some anyone out there who doesn't know that. The Russian wow. POWs have been allegedly shot and abused by Ukrainian soldiers. But don't worry. Ukraine, Ukraine is going to investigate the matter. They're going to probe the matter and probably clear themselves of any wrongdoing. Probably say this was all a Russian plot. And Well, course. that's the thing. They led with that, mm-hmm. right? That was what their, their propaganda minister, we're going to get into it, but that's, that's essentially, they already tried that, and it didn't seem to work. 
I must be a bad man because I'll tell you, you invade my country, start killing people. I might shoot you in the leg. I wouldn't even feel that bad about it. I might shoot you wherever I could shoot you. <laughs> well, I don't have a country for people to invade. Mm, I have point. a place where I live and people that I care about there. And if somebody starts whacking them, I will not take kindly to it. Ukraine has vowed to investigate after graphic videos emerged purporting to show the horrific abuse of Russian prisoners of war, including some who were shot in the legs. Which, as far as Nazi war crimes go, and yes, I am going to continue referring to the Ukrainian government as Nazis just because it it pisses so many people off. Well, they do actually have Nazis in the Ukrainian Defense Force. They do, but... That doesn't mean the entire Ukrainian government is a Nazi government no, or that, that they're no. all Nazis or anything like that. I just like saying it because I like reminding the liberals that are all about Ukraine right now that they are, in fact, Nazi sympathizers. And you better believe yeah. that the Nazis are going to get a chunk of that $14 billion that's mm-hmm. being sent over there. And it's the liberals who will say, hey, if you're talking to a Nazi, you're a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, now the government is to Nazis. Take- the government is taking this very seriously, and there will be an immediate investigation, said Senior Presidential Advisor Arestovic said Sunday, the Washington Examiner reported. We are a European army, and we do not mock our prisoners. If this turns out to be real, this is absolutely unacceptable behavior, said President Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, and then an ad popped up. They said they're a European army? We are a European army. I thought they weren't part of the European Union. They're well, not part of the European Union, but they are in Europe. I see. Ukraine is definitely in Europe. Gotcha. One clip shows what appears to be Ukrainian troops removing three Russian soldiers from a van seconds before the detainees are shot in the legs. In another video, the faces of injured and bloodied Russians are seen after hoods are removed from their heads. The authenticity of the harrowing footage has been independently, excuse me, has not been independently verified, and exactly where the video shot was unclear. I would like to remind all our military, civilian, and defense forces once again that the abuse of prisoners is a war crime, and that has that has no amnesty under military law and has no statute of limit, statute of limitations. Meanwhile, of course, Ukrainian military commander General Valery. Zelusny accused Russia of staging the videos mm. and warned the public to only trust, quote, official sources. Right, like the uh, official sources they made out of every single private TV channel last week by nationalizing them and forcing them to play government propaganda. Well, that I was to prevent the U- official sources. Yeah. No, and all of that was done to prevent the Ukrainian people from learning about, you know, Ukrainian war crimes like this one. In order to discredit the Ukrainian defense forces, the enemy is filming and distributing staging videos with inhumane attitude of Ukrainian military to Russian prisoners, said Zalusny. Now, it could be staged. I mean, it is certainly possible. I mean, it could be, right? We don't know. But there may not even be real videos. I mean, well, you've seen the videos, but I did. I did watch the video aside. of this. Yeah, and there do appear to be men. There are gunshots. There's blood. I mean, it could be real. Yeah. the The problem I have with it is the idea that there should be rules to war implies that it's an honorable pursuit. Yeah, it's not. And to me, it's just mass murderer. And you know, if, if you rough a mass murderer up a little bit, it's. But- but see, Not the concept cost me any sleep. The concept of war shouldn't be what it is, right? It should be their their soldiers fighting against 
Russia sh- soldiers in, in some field somewhere where there are no civilians, sort of like a boxing match, only they kill each other instead well, of boxing. that would make it consensual. Yes, and that would make it, that, that would have some sense of rules and honor to it versus mm-hmm. this thing that we've had since the 20th century started in World War I and World War, World War II mm-hmm. of just total war where it was the... The civilian population is just as much fair game as the enemy soldiers. Yeah, the civilians are a backdrop and a cover in a lot of yes. cases for the actual fighting. There was last week, for instance, there was a bomb that was dropped on a shopping center in Kiev, and the video of it is just absolutely incredible. The explosion is humongous, and the Russians say that the only reason they attacked the shopping center, which they claimed was abandoned or something like that. Who knows? It was secretly hiding military arms, wasn't it? They had rolled in uh, missile launchers into the the shopping center. Which is almost certainly a lie being told by the Russian government. There's no there's no reason to think it's a lie. Could be true. There's satellite photos with the things in the parking lot. So, I mean, they could very well be true. It's not unbelievable that a a military would use a civilian uh, building for its you know, uh, whatever, maneuvers or whatever it is I'm looking for here. And, and we've seen them doing it in hospitals and other places. And that way, when the other side blows up the hospital, they get to point to it and say, ah, see, these people are monsters. To be fair, when I say it's almost certainly a lie, I mean that in both directions, right? Yeah. If Russia wanted to bomb a, a grocery store or a super center or whatever, then they would have this excuse ready to go, right? Oh, they were secretly missile shoving launchers. Yeah, yeah. missile launchers into there. And if the Ukrainian side wanted to make the Russians look bad, they was like, no, no, that we weren't hiding missiles there or whatever. So it's almost certainly a lie from both sides, yeah. simply because a government was the one who said it. Right. And I don't know if it's true or not, but someone's lying to me, and I have no particular reason to believe one liar over the other. Yeah, I feel the same way. And that's that's what's going on here as well. They're like, hey, we have Russian POWs being being tortured and beaten and shot. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a lie. But in which direction is it a lie? I, I don't know, and I can't really... There's no way for me to know which one of these lunatics is lying. I urge you to take a, into account the realities of the information of psychological war and trust only official sources, <laughs> Solushny added. See, the, that's where I tend to... The official if, sources say that the Canadian truckers were Nazis and the Ukrainians aren't. And uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure the truth is the opposite. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that the quote-unquote official sources, the Western media, uh, are restricting access to the other side makes me just sort of inherently more likely to believe what I see on Russia's side, even though I know that they're lying too. Sure. Because at least at RT's website, at RT.com, if you're still in an area of the world that can access it, uh, and luckily in the United States, we, we still can. Also, they are still publishing on Odyssey. For those that are looking for their video reports, you can go to the Odyssey RT channel there. But the fact is, RT's byline, their tagline, is question more. Right? Like, so, at the very minimum, they are encouraging their audience to question things. <laughs> and the rest mm-hmm. of them are not. The rest of them are saying, no, 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 we're telling the truth. Here's the fact checks. We have the facts. This is the truth. Of course, it's been going on since much longer than, uh, than the Ukraine situation. So Yeah, I mean, when a Facebook fact checker says something, that generally indicates to me that thing is a lie. It's straight up propaganda. Uh, government, pro-government propaganda. 
The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us here. Uh, More on the Russia-Ukraine situation on the way. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whether you want to comment on Ukraine alleged war crimes or other developments going on, in that area of the world or something going on down the street from you. Whatever's on your mind, you can join us here tonight. It's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts here in a moment. But we were talking about the propaganda uh, that is out there and that you just can't believe much of anything that you read when it comes from the mainstream media. Uh, comes from the Ukrainian government, the U.S. government, the Russian government. But as I was saying before... I got to hand it to RT for at least appearing to be decent journalists. You know, a few weeks ago, I saw this thing where they had like Russian soldiers, like four or five of them on some panel for some new special in Ukraine. They're like, these these soldiers are going to tell us all about how guilty they feel about how they didn't know what they were doing and they feel bad about this. And it it was so reminiscent of, you know, Animal Farm where Orwell had these... These hens come out and just confess to their crimes before mm. they were beheaded or whatever. And, of course, Ukraine didn't behead them. But it had that same sort of... That vibe. That's what you see out of the Soviet Union is enemy soldiers being paraded out there to the news conference so that they can make statements about how their government lied to them. That's what you saw out of the Soviet out of Soviet Union. And now it's the Ukrainian mm. government doing it. And I believe that their government probably did lie to them. I mean, probably. There's a good chance the Russian government is... As much of a liar as the Ukrainian state. However, you know, I got to give them credit where credit's due. They do report at RT on some things that you wouldn't expect propaganda to do. So I gave one example, I think it was during the break, which we did cover on the air uh, several weeks ago, was where there was in the news, in the Western media, I saw headlines about, oh, Putin is shutting down opposition radio. Because we knew that there was a lot of, or an opposition TV station, that almost all the news in Russia is state-run. Yes. So it's not just RT. There's also like a all-Russian local, I forget what that one's called. There's Sputnik. Uh, RT and Sputnik are sort of designed to bring Russian propaganda out to the rest of the world. But then in Russia, there's internal uh, news propaganda as well. 
And but apparently there are some independent uh, outlets there, and the news was that they were shutting them down. And so I went over to RT just to see if they had anything about the story, and sure enough, they had the story. So it, it could be argued that, well, the rest of the world's reporting on it, so of course RT had to report on it as well. But even in the report, they they interviewed the editor of the liberal uh, television station and got his opinion, right? So they actually did what a journalist would do. A journalist is supposed to. I understand most in the United States don't do this anymore because it's just essentially news opinion more than it is journalism. But a journalist is supposed to get, quote unquote, both sides, right? right? So they interview the people who are doing the shutting down of the radio station and the TV. And then they surprisingly interviewed the guy that works at the the television station as the editor, the news editor. Who, they, it's worth noting, was not in a gulag or in no. a Russian prison and unavailable for comment. Well, at least not yet. That we were. I mean, that is of. what you. Would, that's that's what I would expect, yeah. right? It's like, okay, Vladimir Putin, they, Putin, they shut down this news organization, and now the owners are in prison. Okay, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like Russia, right? Well, and Russia is not a free place, right? Like it, it, the funny thing about one of the funny things about this is how Biden has been positioning Ukraine as some sort of freedom fighters. It's like Ukraine is not a free place. Russia is not a free place. Mm-hmm. None, none of these people are freedom fighters. They're people fighting for the state. They're fighting for domination. They're fighting for territory. Same old story. But speaking of Russia putting people in prison, here's a story from RT. And this one I've been holding on to. I teased it, uh, I think, last week at some point. But headline, Russia criminalizes, quote, disinformation, unquote, about army. Hmm. Russian lawmakers have approved legislation that could see people put behind bars for up to 15 years if found guilty of peddling so-called false information about the actions of the army amid Moscow's military operation in Ukraine. I mean, that sounds really bad, but I I could see something similar coming out of the United States government at this point. Well, look what they want to do. Hold on. Look what they want to do to Julian Assange. They want to put Julian Assange away for 175 years in the United States, and he has never set foot in the United States. And he told the truth. That's right. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't even disinformation. Truth it was just the truth. The, truth is treason and the empire lies. Right. 15 years by comparison is like, you know, a short stay. 175 years is what the U.S. government wants to give this man for the truth. And it's all it's all wrong. It's all immoral, yeah. right? You shouldn't be able to throw anyone in prison for saying anything they want, right? Whether it's true no or false, doubt. that's not worthy of a prison sentence. But you're absolutely right. But Russia doesn't claim to be a free speech country. <laughs> Right, not that no, I've don't. ever heard of, at least. And so this is just them doing what they do. But the point here is that RT is reporting on it, and the way they report on it is a very distinctly unpropaganda-like manner. Like they use the word disinformation in quotes in the headline of the article. Russia criminalizes quote disinformation about army. So in whatever the- Russia's oligarchs determined to be disinformation. disinformation. Uh, you Which would, is weird because you don't see that sort of thing out of the Chinese state uh, propaganda networks, right? I don't, they certainly don't do that in the United States. Look at all the times where they use the term misinformation uh, when they're talking about fake news or whatever. It's just a, it's a statement of fact. This is misinformation. You've been mm-hmm. banned from YouTube for misinformation. They don't refer to it as, quote, misinformation. And then in the first, uh, the first paragraph, if you're found guilty of peddling so-called false information— 
They said so called. They said so called in the first paragraph. So again, if mm. this were a straight, Did James write this article. James, I don't remember his last name. It was a joke the, about him. Always the, the person who always oh, says so called everything. The crazy caller. Yeah. So again, like if this were straight up propaganda, you would expect them to just say false information without putting the word so-called in front of it. That's true. Uh, But anyway, going on uh, about the actions of the army amid Moscow's military operation in Ukraine on Friday, the lower chamber of Russia's and this was a few weeks ago of Russia's parliament voted to introduce the law to heavily penalize citizens spreading fake allegations against the country's armed forces. The chairman of the state Duma Vacheslav Volodin weighed in on the move, insisting that it is needed, quote, to protect our soldiers, officers, in order to protect the truth. He said further, literally by tomorrow, this law will force punishment and very tough punishment on those who lied and made statements which discredited our armed forces. And I mean, again, this sounds terrible, but... The Ukrainian government did just take over all of their news organizations and outright prevented them from being able to say disinformation about the Ukrainian military. So the Russians made it illegal. The Ukrainians made it impossible. Defaming the Russian army could result in a fine of almost $13,500 or three years in jail. An offender could spend up to 15 years behind bars for intentionally spreading, quote, fake Unquote, information that causes significant damage to national security under revisions to the existing law. Anyone calling for anti-Russian sanctions may also find themselves in hot water. If deemed to be guilty, they could receive a fine of $5,000 or a three-year prison sentence. I don't think any Russian out there is calling for anti-Russian sanctions. That's there probably silly. are some. I mean, there's probably some self-hating Russians. But they're, they're the only ones who are hurt as a result of that, That's right? That's true. Surely they know that. <laughs> I don't know what they know. Surely they're like, hey, how I'm many the- people know that sanctions hurt the people? I mean, the people should know. Surely that the people in Russia it. know this yeah. by now. They're like, hey, this whole McDonald's Visa Pepsi thing—that's not hurting Putin, but man, I can't eat anymore or pay my bills. Uh, let's see here. On Thursday, Volodin claimed the measure was necessary to counter what he de- deemed to be the impacts of a U.S. disinformation campaign. Quote, American social networks controlled by Washington launched an information war against Russia. We cannot help but react to what's happening. It's necessary to make a decision to combat the spread of fake information. It's important to us that the information shared is true and those who create and distribute it are responsible. And of course, they're the ones who get to decide what is and what is not true, which is no different from the American government and the American laptop. Dog media here. As a ministry of truth. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So this is not good news. We as free speech lovers do not support it, but it's interesting that the Russian propaganda is actually reporting on some of the negative things that its state actors are actually doing to the people there. Again, makes me more likely to believe what they have to say. There's more coming up. Talk live. You can join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Coming up, since nobody has been back on the air with us for the last few, four weeks, it's been a month now or so, maybe a little longer than that, mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, you've, you've mentioned on the air a couple of times. That you just don't get the whole NFT thing, but it's always been at like the very end of the show, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Uh, so I do want to get into NFTs. There's a story that both you and I, Aria, found a couple weeks ago that we we wanted to talk about. 
but we just didn't get around to it. And now that you're here, I think it's a good opportunity uh, to get into it. Because suffice it to say, none of us understand the point of these uh, these NFTs. I see one point to them. Well, we'll get into it coming up here, um, but we're going to go to your phone calls first. We got Sarah on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes. Um, it turns out that Helen Keller had become a socialist after graduating from college. And um, actually, she actually married a socialist man for a very short time, and then she annulled the marriage. So... So my thing is that socialism in America was very popular in the early 1900s, and especially the educated young people were socialists at that time. So I yes, because the elite have always viewed socialism as an excellent tool of control of the masses. Well, I I do you consider a handicapped, blind, deaf, dumb person that advocated for the disabled all her life? Is that elite socialist? A woman who attended college in the early 20th century? Absolutely. Privileged. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. I mean, she has some disadvantages, no doubt, being blind and deaf, and no doubt lots of struggles there. But, you know, being the trans person in the room, let me say that these, quote, handicaps can often be an advantage to the person who has these handicaps. Like, she probably would not be popular as this person who wrote 14 books if she hadn't been born blind and deaf. Well, the thing is that um, her college was paid for by other people that donated money, including Mark Twain. He he really liked her writings. And she should have stolen ones... it if she wanted to be a socialist. Well, I I don't get that. I, I think she was. Yeah, you really don't get that, and I don't know if you're not getting it on purpose to be obtuse. But we've pointed out to you again and again that there's a key difference between someone who gives on their own volition which is a virtue, to share voluntarily. That's what sharing is, is where you choose to give of your own wealth or give of your time or whatever to benefit another person or group of people. And then there's socialism and communism where everyone is forced to, quote-unquote, give at the threat of violence. And that is what you are calling to support tonight. You're calling to support violence, uh, the threats of violence, and coercing people to contribute to your favorite social ideas. And it's sick. And let's well, focus on that. Let her respond. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, so she, she became a socialist because she wanted to take care of the deaf, dimed, handicapped, and also the poor people. And that's one of the reasons that she became socialist. And no, she didn't. She wanted to force violence. other people to do that. Well, do you want them to... So you're in favor of all the people just dying and starving to death, people that are handicapped? I'm in favor of people not being forced to help them. If people want to help them, and I help people all the time, if people want to do that, then that's good. That's a virtue. But when you're forced at gunpoint to help people, A, it's not helping them, and B, it takes all the virtue out of it. All of a sudden... There's no satisfaction in giving because you didn't have a choice. And that's what you want to do is you want to take away people's choices and say, you live your life by my values or it's the gulag for you. Well, you know what? Biden's not going to kill people because he's going to tax the rich. 
Right now, people that make over a hundred billion, I don't know what they Yeah, got. and that's they how everybody ended up starving to death in Venezuela. Look into it. You should visit Venezuela. See what real <laughs> communism looks like. It looks like people eating their pet dogs. She actually had someone call in. Actually, it was Stephen who called the show earlier tonight. Uh, he called the other day and offered Sarah to pay for her to move her into a commune in Virginia. He says apparently there's there's a few communes that still exist. Uh, they haven't completely failed in Virginia. And uh, and Sarah, you turned him down, right? Just because you don't actually believe in living your values. You just want to just talk about it, right? Well, I have a more important job of educating people the socialism in America that we currently have because Helen Keller is the people but that you're not educating. For this. You're just you're just well, talking. Yes, I am. No, you're just talking. You have no well, experience with communism. See, that's the thing, Sarah. You're not actually willing to do communism you're not actually willing to live the life of a communist and go onto a commune where you'll actually have to work now look you're never you're never going to be honest about this but that's the reason why you don't want to join a commune is because when it comes down to being in a community of let's say a few dozen people at most they're going to know if you're not pulling your weight you're not going to be able to hide amongst the pages of some sort of welfare form and in the midst of some huge bureaucracy where you can just suck down uh, welfare payments for the rest of your life and live it easy. No, you would actually be required to go out into the field and maybe pick some fruits or vegetables and or be given some sort of a job that you would be expected on for the benefit of that particular commune to complete. That's why you won't join a commune, right? allergic to work well i already live in a socialist democratic uh, communist state new mexico is a very democratic socialist state because we voted for biden who's going to tax the super wealthy but you can still open a business in new mexico there's still some commerce going on that is for the most part voluntary you do not live in communism and you could but you choose not to And mostly what they do is they tax the middle class and then they hand it out to the rich and the corporations and then they hand just enough off to the poor people to buy their votes. And it doesn't take much. Sarah, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, most a lot of libertarians, for instance, would love to move to a free place. Right? Oh, yeah. They, if they were, if they, they don't want to move to a place that's that why we're here. needs, yeah, well, no, we're here because we want to move to a place and help make it free. Correct. The the libertarians they want to move to a place that is already free that has already done that work. Well, there are there's two types. There's the types True. that want to wait until we do all the work here in New Hampshire and then they're going to come up supposedly. And then there's those who actually understand that more people are needed now here in New Hampshire who love liberty, who are libertarian, voluntarist, anarchist types that want to live free and want to help us grow this movement and, and make more inroads. And, you know, if we get a chance tonight, there the Free State Project has been posting every single day recently all this Free State derangement stuff going on, <laughs> where there's so many articles now by the haters. We're owning the libs. Oh, it is amazing. They are freaking out about the Free State Project and the libertarian migration here to New Hampshire. And it is it is at a fever pitch like nothing I have seen in the last 15 years of of being here and it's amazing and it's only going to get start getting even more intense as the elections approach they hate it when people are effective yep and that's the idea of libertarians moving together is effective so you know if sarah actually believed what she talks about she would join one of those communes
But no, she just wants to talk and collect a welfare check. It's a lot easier. More coming up here at 603-283-6160. You can join us on Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up. Apparently a new thing is to have a robot go somewhere. And then you can watch the robot go on the vacation through a pair of VR goggles. It's really sad. The whole metaverse is sad. But, I mean, we've been saying that for the last year or so. But what's refreshing to me is that now the media has finally come around and they've realized that, hey, this is actually really sad, pathetic technology that we're pimping. Like the person who fell off the digital cruise and got left I behind in the digital I, ocean. and she's, I, was like, I chose not to bring your, it in. I was just like, this is just too lame. Why didn't you just take your headset off, man? <laughs> there were solutions to this that were not completely freaking stupid. So and we, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the precipitate. We're going to get into stupid tech coming up here in moments, uh, but I do want to say thank you to Justin Doling, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS Patreon. Justin has joined as a Silver Level supporter, which means Justin is contributing at least five bucks a month over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's where you can go to sign up, and you'll get some cool perks if you do that. You get some benefits, uh, and you help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. Help us get on more great radio stations uh, all around the country. We've got over 190 great stations that air the show at various different times throughout the week, and we can have more. It just takes time. It takes effort and money, and uh, you can help us with the money part. So thank you, Justin, for joining us over at amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. So, we've commented on the NFT craze, and I think that's the right word for this. Uh, this is the latest I would say NFT bubble. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's probably a bubble. I mean, it's a craze and a bubble, because yeah. it, it wouldn't be a bubble if it weren't a craze. Oh, that's true. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a craze with a lot of money behind it, and so that's why we've got a, a huge uh, amount of money being thrown into these things. It's taken off in the last year or so, roughly, basically since uh, COVID, I think was when NFTs really started to, uh, to blow up, certainly when I first heard of it. And... It's the first night that we've had a chance to talk to nobody about this who has also expressed some uh, skepticism of the topic. So, nobody, before we get into this story here from CNET about a recent, I don't know if we want to call this a bust when it comes to NFT, because they haven't all been big sellers. 
and we can get into uh, the story here. But what is an NFT? What is your understanding? Uh, and remember, you know, we are on this general interest talk show. Uh, but so even though this is like a crypto topic, this is really a crypto topic that has gone international in a way like nothing else has ever done when it comes to crypto like this has been the biggest splash every corporation has signed on for nfts it seems like everywhere you look it's like toys r us has got an nft even though they don't exist anymore and gamestop and you know you name it microsoft and amc theaters and your favorite rock band uh so south park mentioned the nfts before they mentioned bitcoin yeah that's right Mm. that was actually pretty funny butters (laughs) <laughs> the future butters See, i didn't yeah, i didn't know it was butters. butters when i saw the clip what did he call mm. himself though he had a different name didn't he i don't I it was don't pretty remember. funny i don't remember the guy's name but he had he had like a new name that he adopted for himself uh anyway so can you define an nft um as i understand it it's some sort of uh digital representation of rights to a piece of artwork Frequently a piece of low-quality artwork um, (laughs) that uh, you can store on the blockchain. I don't know if... uh, I don't know exact. I have no idea, to to tell the truth, how it works. Like, do you have to have this to look at it, or can anybody see it on the blockchain? Anyone can see it. Okay, I could see some utility in this, in the concept of the NFT, right? Like... Property registration, deeds, ownership. Like who owns mm-hmm. who owns that eclipse that's parked outside the studio right now? Well, let's look it up on the blockchain. So they look mm-hmm. up the uniquely identifying information and go, Oh, it belongs to Arya Demetso and no one else can own it unless I transfer that right to them, right? Having that recorded in the blockchain to me is infinitely better than having it recorded at the you know, the DMV or whoever does that in the state of New Hampshire. Because the blockchain is immutable. Right. So I like that aspect mm-hmm. of it. But that's not what is. It's not being used to symbolize the ownership of physical goods. No. It's, well, it could be. But and I, and I think didn't Melania Trump have something that was a physical good that she ended up she, buying for herself? Did, but she also had like seventeen hundred of them or something like that. So she, she had two different things. She didn't understand what she had. I think so. Um, my understanding, and by no means am I an expert at this, but just from what I've read and what I've heard. The blockchain aspect of this, nobody, is what the NFT is. It's just some sort of a bit of data that you hold in your crypto wallet that says that you're the owner of an image or in some other cases like, you know, a sound, a song or some, it doesn't have to be an image, but primarily that's what we see them as. But that you're the, the owner of the image at this URL. So the image itself isn't even included in the blockchain. It's just being hosted on some centralized server. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what it looks like, but the image itself obviously can be copied a, a billion times. It's just an image. Right. Mm-hmm. So this just says that you by holding this uh Ethereum key or Solana key or whatever crypto they're selling these on, there's different blockchains that they're selling NFTs on as I understand it. You as the the holder of this particular set of keys prove that you own this image at this URL. And the crazy thing is, that you're not 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. Yeah, you're not hosting that URL. So what if the host goes down? What if the host changes the image at the URL? What if they take what you thought you owned and put something else in its place? 
So there's all kinds of really like questionable aspects of this beyond the ridiculous craze and the I mean, ridiculous. The most price. obvious question is what's stopping me from using the artwork that nothing well, from using you know punk lord 2077 or whatever it was right. that you know visa bought what's stopping me from using that nothing. absolutely nothing. nothing and my copy is 100 percent as good as their copy yeah this is something about digital ownership and the ability to uh does it confer the copyright is that enforceable how See, could it be not legally enforceable but the that's what it should I mean, do in it, my opinion right it could be by the copyright holder uh, contractually saying that whoever owns this token owns the copyright mm-hmm. on this particular thing, and anybody else who publishes it then can be uh, can be uh, sued, prosecuted, or sued. Um, I like I like that idea, sort of. I don't like the whole suing them part of it because I mean, if if I if I write a book or whatever, someone photocopies and it's every bit as good as the one that you know I paid someone to sell. That hey, good for them, right? Maybe I should find a way to lower my. St- um, shipping costs or my printing costs or whatever so i can meet that that expectation at that price range but i don't necessarily disagree that there should be some way of recognizing that this is the original creator or owner of this particular piece of artwork and any others are counterfeits of it whether there should be counterfeits for that i mean whether there should be punishment for that is different Well, how much do you want to pay the lawyers to go after some guy on twitter who uh grabbed your board ape number 757 and put it on their profile picture i wouldn't pay anything i mean i guess if you paid eight hundred thousand dollars for it you can probably afford to hire the attorney to go after anybody that uses it so yeah i don't know nobody if it does uh include mm-hmm. that but it may um i so can imagine that would be kind of like the uh a lot of what they do with high-end art is they use it as a way to launder money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So basically, because the value of these things is purely subjective, mm. uh, you can sell it at any price, and nobody can say it wasn't the market price. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe I sell you something that's completely useless for a quarter million dollars because you had some other reason you wanted to give me a quarter million dollars. And the That's fact the that I sensible. sold you this worthless N- NFT um, makes it uh, indistinguishable. That's one of the most sensible explanations mm. of the NFT craze that I've heard so far. But it's like Joe ma- Biden's would... uh, or Hunter Biden's art. But that would just know? be massive why would, amounts why do of money laundering. Hunter Biden's art because they want to bribe Joe Biden and they can't do it without a lie to hide to be hide behind. So they buy. Is the idiot crackhead son's finger painting? This is actually what people have said about fine art before, like before NFTs. Yeah, but the no, fine it's art well known about fine. Art. Right. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. It also may explain why people buy their own NFTs for huge amounts. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. And if you are caught up in this NFT thing, and you want to talk to us about it, explain it to us. Because we're all, all of us are into crypto. We're not allowed to use crypto right now under ridiculous bail conditions uh, due to the Crypto 6 situation. At thecrypto6.com, you can go learn more about that. But I think it's fair to say that we all still love it, uh, that we're absolutely. all still absolutely fascinated and transfixed by if cryptocurrency. If people are accused of robbing a bank, do they 
Are they forbidden to use dollars while they're on bail? It's a great question. And I think that a, a motion should be made that uh, that makes that point, because I would like to have that ability, you know, for us, for me to be able to manage uh, my church's funds, which I can't do basically now that because you know this show gets paid in cryptocurrency, <laughs> we can't get paid basically by by our advertisers. It's just absolutely insane. Uh, but re- regardless, I wanted to get into NFTs. If you want to weigh in on this, you're welcome to join us at six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. The craze makes absolutely no sense unless you go to nobody's explanation, which, as you pointed out, Arya, makes a lot of sense. I think there's an alternative explanation, though. What's that? And that's just it's a, it's a classic auctioning pump and dump. That, I mean, we mm. see it in the classic video games market going on right now as well, where people mm. are like, oh, the, the original Super Mario Brothers just sold for, you know, $450 yeah, or whatever. And it turns out that it was actually just someone secretly buying the game for themselves or whatever, or mm-hmm. they own the auction company or whatever. Don't They're they just, call that wash trading? I Isn't think that so. Term for that, mm. or like Melania buying her own NFTs, or some of right. these other people who we know are buying their own NFTs. But they isn't just... that also an, a, another way to do money laundering? Right? If you're going to no, buy your no, own NFT, no, it's a NFT... way of manipulating the market and convincing people mm. that a thing is worth a lot more than it it's could worth. be. Both of those things. Because then if you have the media money to yourself, though you're not really laundering it. Well, you claim that it's not you. It's a customer buying it. You pa- it's mm. passed through. So what they do is they look at these buyers on NFT or on these NFT markets, these huge sales, and, and I don't know how many of them are like this, but I've heard stories, and Melania Trump is the most sort of high-profile example of this. They Somebody goes and looks at the blockchain and says, oh, well, this was money that came from this wallet, which came from this wallet, which came from this wallet, and that's Melania Trump's wallet. Somehow they know this or whatever. Sure. And they say, oh, well, this is just Melania Trump buying her own NFT and I'm sure she would say, no, in that particular <laughs> but, case, that could be what happened. But then we see other cases where the media runs the stories like uh, th- this random pixelated ape just sold for eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that it was actually the person who created it or whatever, just buying it from the cells. But now when they go to resell it, they're going to be able to say, hey, look. Someone was willing to pay $850,000 for this thing, so that's the minimum I'll take. And then some some loser comes along who has that much money to just throw away, and they bought into the hype because the media yeah. keeps telling them, oh, the last time this sold, it was for almost a million dollars, so yeah, I'm going to pay He thinks he'll million. flip it later for $2 million or right. something like that. And that's happening in the classic video game market right now, and it seems to be going on in the NFT market from what I can tell. The other thing that it could be is a PSYOP. What do you mean? To see how stupid basically are? discredit crypto. Hmm. I don't know, man. Some of the most leading crypto people are really outspoken against NFTs. Hmm. Well, maybe that's because they're worried that it's discrediting crypto. Yeah. Or because it's just stupid. Well, and one thing it has done, it has definitely gotten a lot of people into crypto who otherwise hadn't have been, right? Or at the very least, you know, taught them about getting a wallet and how to get an NFT, whatever that process is. I, I don't know how you do it, but... Uh, and I suspect that's why we see people accidentally accepting DAI, which is a dollar token, mm-hmm. essentially, instead of Ethereum, because they're one of these new people. They don't know what they're doing. They bought into the craze. So they mm-hmm. bought this thing for 115 Ethereum or whatever, and then someone bought it for 115 DAI, and they don't know the difference. Yeah, so it's probably, um, I mean... the. It's probably as simple as getting an Ethereum wallet or Solana or whatever, and then going on one of these NFT markets, and then this thing appears in your wallet, and now you're the owner of the NFT. Congratulations. You got bragging rights. And why anyone I cares? That, yeah, I bet that feels so empty. 
You know, I don't know. Okay, great. Congratulations. Do you think they like celebrate with a with a glass of wine and a cigar I, or whatever? I guess, I guess they're throwing NFT parties. So people oh, with people with the certain uh, yacht or like the uh, the board ape NFT, they are they're in this thing called the yacht club, and so they'll have a, a party at like a Bitcoin conference, and you can only get in if you're one of the NFT owners. Anyway, here's a story from CNET. See, that makes me want to throw a party where you can only get in if you don't have an NFT. Because <laughs> I don't want these stupid people at my parties, right? And that seems like a really good way of weeding them out. Maybe you do want them there so you can sell them something. I can't sell them an NFT right now. That's even true. if I could. Even if I wanted to. Daniel Van Boom reporting over at CNET.com about the Pixelmon NFT craze that turned out to be a huge bust. Uh, It's meant to be the Pokemon of NFT games. Set in the world of Eden, Pixelmon is to be an open-world RPG where Pixelmon creatures are caught, traded, and sold as non-fungible tokens. That's what NFT stands for. We should have mentioned that earlier. Upon the game's launch at the end of the year, Pixelmon NFT holders are to be given land that they can use to create living spaces or become in-game merchants by setting up a shop. To fund the project, Pixelmon developers released a collection of 10,000 Pixelmon NFTs in February. I mean, all of this sounds really good so far, right? You, you it got sounds this, boring as hell. I, mean, I don't know. The video game could be fun, right? Pokemon's fun. I, I've and, never played it. And here's like a cryptocurrency version of Pokemon, like CryptoKitties or whatever mm-hmm. it was. That sounded fun. I mean, you buy this crypto. I wasn't kitty. interested in that either. That was basically the first NFT. It was, but the they, were, kitty. they weren't NFTs. They weren't unique. Yeah, they were. They were, were unique. They? But they that had equipment. You could level them up. There was there was a game aspect was to there? it that I could at least understand. Okay, just buying this digital ape so or a rock, which is six pixels, pixels, so that you can say you own it. I don't understand that, and I, I don't understand wanting to spend tens of thousands of dollars owning you know a digital cat so you can play this me neither virtual reality game with other people. But maybe ten dollars or fifteen dollars. Okay, I spent worse on stupid video games. So I bought Goat Simulator. Sure. Buy that one looks like fun. I've seen but it was Goat Simulator? Yes. Is that I also some bought... kind of a sex toy? No, it's... No, it's a <laughs> funny looking game where you just run a goat around in an open world and cause all kinds of havoc. I also bought COVID oh. Simulator for, for, for $2.99 on Steam. It's terrible. It's, it's not even worth that much, but uh, it's stupid. So, uh, back to the story here. They are trying to fund this game. So, the game doesn't exist yet. Right, they're trying to which raise which is never money. a good start because I'm against you know crowd. Well, I'm not against crowdfunding, but I'm against this sort of pre-alpha. What was the word I'm looking for? Gaming companies do it all vaporware. the time. Well, it often becomes vaporware, but they mm-hmm. have a term that they use in the gaming industry specifically for this early access. That's it. Yeah, I hate that crap. I don't even know if it, this is there yet. They're just trying to fund this project. So they they offered this ten thousand NFTs. They managed to raise seventy million dollars, a budget usually associated with blockbuster, PlayStation, or Xbox games. But the project hit a roadblock. After raising all that money, the team unveiled the Pixelmon that would inhabit their game world. The project has been a laughingstock on social media ever since. First, some context. NFT collections featuring 10,000 NFTs are not unusual. See the Board Ape Yacht Club for the most popular example. However, in the primary sale where people buy directly from the creators, the price is usually below 0.1 Ethereum, or roughly at the time of this writing, 280 bucks, which to, still to me is way too much money for you know an image. It's only the secondary market, however, markets like OpenSea, that prices can rise to a small fortune, or more commonly, fall to zero. 
Pixelmon was different. It was an incredibly hyped project being attached to an ambitious open world game. The team behind the project sold the collection through a Dutch auction, where the price began at 3 Ether, about $9,000 worth, and would lower by 0.1 Ether every 10 minutes until the last NFT was gone. The collection sold out in an hour, with the NFTs selling for between 3 Ether and 2.4 Ether, so as much as $7,000 uh, to $9,000 worth of cryptocurrency each. And again, there were 10,000 of these. The team raised over $70 million worth of crypto from the sale. Stylish, voxelated Pixelmon monsters had been advertised on Twitter, and a demo video claiming to show real gameplay footage had convinced investors and speculators to bet big. Now, we're on a radio show. We can't show you what these images look like, but to describe them, they they look like very sort of pixel well they're called pixelmon right so they're like sort of the big pixel style of art um but they're they're very nicely formed they're they're they had a good artist put these things together they look like something you would find in a video game right yeah i still wouldn't pay five cents for for them but i could understand why somebody who loves video games might and was into the pokemon thing or whatever might be getting excited for this sure so then they give you several examples of what these things were purported to look like then on February 26th came the reveal. NFT art collections often have a scheduled mint date, that is the primary sale, and then a reveal date a few days later. After minting the NFT, placeholder art shows up in the owner's wallet. Upon reveal, you see what NFT you got. See, this is something I learned from reading this article that I didn't know about NFTs. I had no idea that people buy NFTs without even knowing which one they're going to get. One out of 10,000 you'll get. You have no idea what it's going to be. There's more coming up here in Hour 3. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And you can join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. Lots of features are waiting for you on our site. You can download archives that go back for many years over at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those. Plus, if you want to subscribe... To our podcast, you can do that. Just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. That'll take you to a page where there are a few different links. There's the main feed, which has everything that we publish. And there's the digest only feed that has only the Free Talk Live daily digests. And then there's the shows only feed, which has the full shows. And that's it. You can go to feeds.freetalklive.com. Take your favorite feed and plug it into your favorite podcast client. And you'll receive every episode of Free Talk Live as they are released without even having to go to the website and click and download in the future, which is pretty handy. It's not good for our website uh, views, but that's okay. We want things to be more convenient for you. People don't go to websites anymore. Dude, you know? I think I've been to our website like twice yeah. this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's there, so you do have to go to the website to get to the feeds at least once. Feeds.freetalklive.com. Check that out uh, when you get a chance. We're talking about NFTs or non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible meaning they're unique they cannot be traded for uh, the same thing. There's only one of these things. It's 
it's it's special. We supposedly. are talking about NFTs, but the conversation that we've been having it reminds me so much of the ICOs, the initial coins offering, the mm-hmm. initial coin offerings, which were, was a craze a few years ago, like in crypto. 2016, 2017. It was my yeah. first real experience with cryptocurrency. I had been aware of Bitcoin and all of that, but mm-hmm. it was that was when I was first getting heavily into it, and I saw this obvious problem of all of these scam ICOs coming out. They weren't all the useless Ethereum token, which was. Totally upfront. We're a useless Ethereum token. Give us your money. You're not going to get anything useful. But there were so many others like Bitcoin, silver or whatever that just took people's money and then vanished. And they did the same sort of thing here where they sort of auctioned off a certain number of tokens or whatever. They weren't offering, claiming that the tokens were unique, but they did claim that there was a limited amount of, hey, donate now because you've only got like three days left before the auction ends and then all of the tokens will, you know, be sold or whatever. So the the pattern here is just repeating from what was going on four or five years ago. Yeah. Only now it's NFTs instead of ICOs, so and people are still getting scammed out of it. And as you said, the people behind this, um, po- what is it? What's so, it called? So it's called Pixelmon, which means that they're they're this is a very smart scam, right? Like, and a lot of this con artists out there are very in, in, intelligent. They figured, oh, okay, well, Pokemon's huge. Yeah. We'll use people's obsession with these cutesy little creatures that like to fight in video games. Got to collect them all. And we'll put out something that evokes those without actually violating Nintendo's copyright. Yeah, look uh, how easy it was. All they needed was like four or five pieces of, of decent art. artwork. Yeah. Nothing too exceptional. You could probably pay a 3D graphic artist 500 bucks to have you have him mock up five of these things. They don't have to look great. And then you say, hey, we're working on this game, and this is going to be what is this is going to be about this, and it's going to be called this, and we're going right. to have 10,000 of these different creatures, which, to their credit, I mean, if you're, going to, if you're going to scam people, you might as well go big. They didn't go, hey, we're only going to have 1,000, because even Nintendo hasn't come up with like 1,000 different Pokemon. That's a lot of creativity. Sure. But this company is like 10,000. 10, <laughs> we're going to give... All of 10,000 people, a unique piece of, uh, a unique monster that is 100% theirs. And they did. They, well, I mean, they I don't did. know, man. Sort of. <laughs> they gave them something. At least they delivered something. They were drawn in like paint or something like that, but they look like they were done in crayon. They, they have yeah. a very amateur crayonish look to them. They're laughably bad as far as art is concerned, and they look nothing like the teaser art that was released no so, it's not in day it's not it's, it's not even comparable a total bait and switch why they even bothered sending anything why didn't they just send a fu like a picture of a middle finger <laughs> to every single one of these people i guess the reason is because they wanted them to think they were going to make it right because one of the admins of this uh pixelmon thing calls himself cyber s-y-b-e-r uh, he claims that they're going to make things right. Quote, no matter how long it takes or how much fear, uncertainty, or doubt occurs, we are committed to delivering on our long-term vision and everything which was set out in our light paper. He posted this on February 26th. Did you say light paper? Mm-hmm. L-I-T-E. Wow. <laughs> he posted this. I, I presume it's called that because it's much shorter than a white paper. I don't know. I've not looked at it. Wow. Um, but he posted this on February 26th, which is on the day that people were very dis- disturbed by seeing the actual imagery that they got with this as he's trying to, you know, backtrack and trying to make people not find him and kill him. I'm curious then- now about this light paper, because one of the 
hallmarks of one of these ICO scams back in the day was that their white paper looked more like a PowerPoint presentation, looked more like a sales pitch mm-hmm. than it did any sort of white paper, That's like a technical document. Is. And I imagine this looks more like a sales document than anything else. Well, their website is pixelmon.club, presuming it's still online, uh, because this guy has not posted since March 2nd. The last thing he posted was, hey, everyone, we got a call from the head of a major game studio. We're on with them now. We'll reschedule the spaces as soon as we're able. Spaces is a new Twitter meeting thing where you can, like, you know, broadcast your meeting to uh, your followers and such. And that's it. It's been almost a month since this guy has posted after all this outrage. And the uh, Pixelmon Twitter itself has not had an update since before the reveal. So they've said nothing from the official Pixelmon uh, Twitter account. No, it characterizes this as placeholder art. Is that like a, hey, this is the concept art from which our our 3D artists are going to make well, your I don't, 3D monster? It's not clear what the placeholder art is. This is the reveal. So they say here in this CNET story about this whole debacle is after they mint the NFT. So that's when I guess they determine how many of them there's there's going to be. And then they you know they put it up for sale. Placeholder art shows up in the owner's wallet. So when you buy the thing, you get this whatever placeholder is. Upon the reveal, you then get the actual art that you've oh. paid for. So these these little depressed apes or whatever that we saw earlier that that's this is the to final the actual. Wow, yeah, this is that's it. Even worse. I was hoping that was the placeholder no. art. No, they revealed this on February 26. It's a bit like Pokemon cards. They say different NFTs within the same collection are valued based on how scarce their traits are. Just like how a holographic Pokemon card is more valuable than the standard one, so the reveal is essentially the equivalent of opening a booster pack to see what cards you got. That doesn't matter to the person who's trying to build a good deck, though. It does not matter to the player whether or not their card is it's holographic rare. or not. Mm-hmm. It matters, Does it? Is it going to be better than the card that I'm removing? The art that the holders got, which many had spent over $9,000 worth of cryptocurrency on, was bad enough to become an instant meme. It also tanked the price of the collection. At the time of writing, the floor price, which is the cheapest that an NFT and a set is listed on the OpenSea marketplace is 0.39 Ether, which is still way too much money. That is extremely high. Yeah, we're going to post... I the, wouldn't pay a penny for one of these things. We're going to post the link to this uh, on our social media so you can see these for yourself if you're not familiar with them yet. And uh, that'll That's be social.freetalklive.com. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so going on. Pixelmon is one of many NFT projects that aims to do more than just provide art. Many are leaning into play-to-earn gaming with NFTs of characters or monsters required to play. Pokemon is a common inspiration for such games, including Axie Infinity, which is the most pos- uh, the most popular P2E play-to-earn game yet. Other collections also try to create value by creating a digital world, a metaverse, in which NFTs can be used to create one of uh, ap- one of one avatars. I'm not sure what they're trying to say there, or to allow for ownership of virtual real estate like cryptocurrency and standard NFT trading. Though prices are volatile. Now, in the case of the real estate, that makes more sense to me. We've talked about the quote-unquote metaverse, these digital. Uh, lands like uh, what's the one Decentraland is one of them and Sandbox is another these are two that are backed by a cryptocurrency where there's a 
purportedly finite amount of land, obviously that can be expanded probably by a vote of the decentralized organization behind it, but certain land is valued higher than others, right? The, the land in the game where more people come to is going to be more valuable than the land on the outskirts or whatever, where hardly anybody goes. And so seeing those things being sold for different prices, those are NFTs, technically. They're unique. But at least there you get to see what you're buying in advance of actually putting the money down. Unlike these collections where you have no idea what you're going to unwrap. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Now, some people like to, like, they like a good surprise, right? Like, that's, that's, like, for instance, Bonnie likes to get surprises, right? Like, my girlfriend, she enjoys a good surprise. But this is the kind of surprise that I just don't think anyone would like. Uh, who wants to spend seven to nine thousand dollars on a piece of art, and you don't even know what you're gonna get? I mean, they do have these packages, right, where you like subscribe for fifty bucks a month or whatever. The and boxes, ev- yeah, and every right? month you just get like some random stuff in the mail, and you're surprised because oh, look, I wasn't expecting a new bracelet it's or a whatever bunch of stuff I don't want. I, I yeah, don't understand the appeal I, I of that. But yes, but some people like it. Yeah. You know, some people. Are, oh yeah, I could totally use this one day, and then I, you know, put it on a put shelf on and a then shelf. forget about it. But you know, does. for whatever reason, some people like that. Yeah, it's enough people like it to where these businesses are making money. But that's only fifty bucks. Yeah, right. right. We're talking like seven to nine thousand. For the, some people, this is a life changing amount of money. Yes, and this is on the low end of what some of these NFTs cost. Right. So we're talking about a, a collection mm. called Pixelmon. That came out at the end of February after a whole bunch of like hubbub. Now I didn't hear anything about this. I don't pay attention to the NFT universe. I only they stole things. the name from what I can tell as well. Oh because, yeah, you were looking that up. Yeah, that's why I was so confused during the last segment because when you look up Pixelmon, it goes to a Minecraft mod mm. that merges Minecraft with Pokemon, and they they were so good at it that they got a cease and desist from the company that actually creates Pokemon. So they just modified mm. it. I think they call it. Uh, Pixelmon Generations or something. It still exists, though. So if you look up Pixelmon, you're going to find this totally legitimate mod that is free, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then for most people, they're going to see this NFT and they're going to think, oh, okay, I've I've heard of Pixelmon or whatever. Or they're going to Google and they're going to go, okay, well, they look legit, right? They've been, they've, they've had this product for years. Smart move. Again, yeah. these uh, these guys are very, very cunning in what they did here. They used the people's love of uh, Pokemon, and then they borrowed, apparently, off of a popular Minecraft uh, mod in order to sell 10,000 of these NFTs, which apparently it's not unusual the way they did it. According to the story at CNET.com, they, they sell the NFTs, then they have the reveal date where you then find out what you got. And they claim here that the reason why some NFTs are valued higher than others is because some of the, quote, traits are more scarce than others. So, you, that's so insane. Hey, look, you're buying this thing, but we're not going to tell you what it looks like or what you're getting until after you've already bid on it. Because these were auctions. Each one of these pieces was auctioned off, right? If you I think buy so. a pig and a poke, you're going to get poked like a pig. Uh, they explained how it worked. They started with 10000 
and they started with the price of, I think it was three Ethereum or three Ether. And then every uh, some amount of time, minute or whatever, where the price would drop by 0.1. So basically, everybody kind of piled in as quickly as they could if they were insane about this project. So it's similar to an auction, except I you were racing against time. about this, this project who was involved yeah, with it. it's insane. Uh, right, race against time. You know they're going to probably run out because people are crazed. And so if you want in, the sooner you get in, the more likely you are to get one of these things. And they sold out within an hour. Yeah, and... And the price didn't get garbage. below. Yeah, the price didn't go below two point six uh, Ethereum apparently. So roughly seven to nine thousand dollars worth of crypto. Uh, but back back to the story here from CNET.com. So Cyber, the pseudonymous creator, okay, so we don't know who he is, of <laughs> Pixelmon, admitted the reveal went poorly in the project's Discord server. Most NFT business takes place on Discord. He said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We made a horrible mistake. This is unacceptable. We felt pressured to push reveal, and the reality is we weren't ready to push the artwork. This does not represent the brand, and we will fix this, as we have let many people down with this reveal. I'm surprised he stuck around long enough to to make that that. statement. Yeah. Yeah. It's a total load. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. We won't ever hear another word from this guy. And and if you check his uh, his Twitter profile, he hasn't spoken in four weeks at this point. Uh, but he's got a new Twitter profile, I'm sure. <laughs> pushing a new scam. Uh, he probably doesn't need to at this point, right? Yeah. This isn't a mistake. I don't think that this guy could claim he didn't know what the artwork was, right? Somebody he was had the one to, selling it. Yeah. He, he was bound to have known. Right. Somebody knew what they were loading up in whatever Maybe he system. he bought a pig and a poke. Could be. <laughs> he said $2 million will be spent to completely revamp the art. The Pixelmon team, which is fully pseudonymous, has also partnered with Magic Media, a video game development studio. I wonder what Magic Media says about that. The story doesn't quite end there, though. The Pixelmon art reveal was such a public failure that it spawned an icon, or at least a meme, in Kevin, the turtle creature that became the face of the reveal. Kevin is the actual name given to him by Pixelmon developers. Uh, I don't know that I've seen Kevin. He's the ugly, green, uh, goofy-looking thing that's got his eyes kind of mismatched and crossed-looking weird. It's really Huh? Weren't there a few of those? There's a bunch of uglies. Uh, they even put, uh, there's a meme here that they took the image of Kevin and they put him on Time Magazine as the person of the year. So the internet had fun with this, uh, for sure. But the poor bastards who paid 9000 it's hard to feel sorry I for I did them, not right? realize that was supposed to be a turtle. <laughs> right. Just looks like I a like monster. turtles. Uh, yeah, I thought, it was, <laughs> I thought it was like a zombie or something, right? right. It's not merely that Kevin has become a social media meme. Kevin has become an asset unto himself. The floor price of Pixelmon's NFT collection, that is the cheapest you can buy, is 0.39 Ether. The floor price of Kevin is 4.75 Ether. Not only that, Kevin has become the star of his own derivative art collections. There's the lives of Kevin, essentially a set of motivational posters (laughs) with Kevin's head superimposed onto the heads of iconic figures which for a few hot moments on Monday was the top trending collection on OpenSea. Some sold for as high as 0.295 Ether or about $860 worth of crypto. can the poor bastard who bought Kevin now turn around and sue all the people who are using that image in their art? (laughs) (laughs) Then there's Kevin Punks, a play on CryptoPunks, a set of 8-bit NFTs that regularly go for six figures. Kevin Punks currently has a floor price of 0.85 or just under $2,500. It's an example of how NFTs allow meme culture to be commoditized, if only for an afternoon. 
Not everyone was upset with the Pixelmon they received. Pixelmon's roadmap states that the game, which will be browser-based, will launch at the end of the year. Some are hopeful the ship will be righted by then. I Don't say, hold your breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Given that the project has not communicated anything at all from their official Twitter channel in more than a month at this point, since the last post on Twitter was before this reveal happened. So everything on Twitter is all the run-up to the big moment and then nothing. Yeah, they're in Acapulco or something. Yeah, it's over. I mean, what would you say after you shared Kevin the Turtle with the world? I, mean, I wouldn't. You, I have integrity. I, I would have no worse <laughs> after revealing that abomination to the world. I'm just like, yeah. sorry. That, that's it. That's all I got It's sorry. No, that's and, not what an, a person with integrity does. The person with integrity <laughs> says, all right, well, the artist we hired to do this was garbage, and we're really disappointed in this, and we're going to postpone until we get this right uh, but no, that's not what this was about. This was about taking people's money, $70 million worth of Ethereum from uh, these people who wanted to buy a piece of artwork they'd never seen before. I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. A fool and his money is soon, soon parted. parted. If you buy artwork you've never seen, you deserve what you get. What you get, that's a great point. Uh, there are some NFTs that you can actually see before you buy them. So they're not all done like this, but still, I don't get it. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, the number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And you can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are free. And we'll look forward to maybe seeing you at ForkFest 2022. It's going to be the sixth annual ForkFest happening at Rogers Campground, same place it always has. In the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's a great excuse to come up, check out New Hampshire, meet some of the people that may be your neighbors when you make the move up here as part of either the Free State Project or maybe just want to come up independently without joining anything. Uh, You can do that. ForkFest is a decentralized libertarian camping festival. And what that means is there's no ticket price because there's no organization, there's no bureaucracy, there's no organizer, there's no uh, central control You just do whatever it is that you want to do while you're on the campground. Maybe you want to provide a thing for other people to do, whether that be karaoke or a a party tent or, you know, a poker game, whatever you think that needs to happen, you can make it happen. Or you can just go and hang out with other freedom-minded people for a week in the woods. Nobody's in charge. Exactly right. Uh, And it's by the way, it's a week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is a more organized uh, setup. And it's also way more popular. So if you want to attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you better get your tickets soon because they're nearing sellout status uh, of that event. It did sell out last year. It's most certainly going to sell out again this year. They're not sellouts. They just, just, (laughs) you know, look a little straighter than we do. It's a great event. I got nothing bad to say about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's a great event. I'll look for it. I'm hoping to attend both of those festivals this year. I uh, never miss a year unless I'm in jail. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't in jail this year, but they kept me in, in house jail 
during uh, the Porcupine You're Freedom Festival. You're in jail, Festival. more or less. They wouldn't let me go up even for a day. Uh, so hopefully that'll change this year and uh, you can go with or without me. Either way, you're going to have a good time, I think, at either the Porcupine Freedom Festival or Forkfest or both, if you can attend both. Uh, to attend Forkfest, all you have to do is reserve your motel room, which most people don't do because there's also camping sites and RV sites, a lot of them available June 27th through July 3rd. Are there a lot of them available? Still? At uh, Forkfest, For yes. Forkfest, oh, okay. At the Porcupine Freedom Festival, no. They are completely sold out at this point. You'll have to share a site with somebody that already has one if you want to attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So uh, check out ForkFest.Party. You can learn more about the event. That is an unofficial website. There's links there to chat rooms where you can connect with other attendees. Uh, There's also a forum link there as well, and I think even an email list. ForkFest.Party. As we continue here, we're talking about some digital phenomena. I suppose things that are really popular, getting uh, you know a lot of attention in the media. NFTs, of course, have been blowing up over the last year or so, and maybe they're finally leveling off. But I still see stuff about them everywhere. All these corporations, left and right, are talking about how they're selling NFTs now. And uh, but it's not just NFTs now. There's I still a- magically got NFTs for a concert that you know I have tickets for. And I don't. I didn't. You still don't know how to get them. No, I don't know how to redeem them. And you know, I'm not ignorant when it comes to cryptocurrency. Yeah. But and not not that you I can't have, do it anyway. I but. can't do it anyway, and I have no desire to do it anyway. But there's no clear. All I know is that Ticketmaster, I think it's Ticketmaster, says mm-hmm. that I have three NFTs now. It's like whoopee, great. What is it like? An image of the ticket? I have on... no idea. It doesn't yeah. even say. It just says NFT. <laughs> it's it's slightly less. Than what these people got when they bought one of these Pixelmon. They at least got for no freaking thought. (laughs) Virtual commemorative commemorative tickets, NFT ticket. Man, I was just looking here. So you never looked it up. You never uh, tried. I didn't care to. It's just a stupid NFT. It's just Ticketmaster jumping on the NFT bandwagon. Right. right? It's just marketing. Yeah, I don't care. It's just stupid. Anyway, like the metaverse. Uh, there's a whole frequently asked questions about NFTs now on the Ticketmaster website. <laughs> they're un, they're irredeemable, unusable, commemorative NFT about the ticket that you bought. And here's the thing. Also known, is there an ugly gorilla, though? It's also known as a ticket stub, right? Like, if you wanted to commemorate going to a concert, just yeah. keep the ticket stub. That's the thing. That's what they're trying to do with these NFTs, is make online collectibles, digital collectibles, and... I'm somebody who I don't really, I'm not a fan of collectibles generally, but I understand why people like them. I have had them in the past. I've had collectible things and I've sold most all of them. Um, I like digital collectibles a lot more than I do physical collectibles. Why? Because they don't take they up don't space? They don't take space, yes. Like I can have 10 But billion. yet you don't like NFTs. No, because they're stupid. Right. What's the difference between a digital collectible and an NFT? Aren't those like the exact- what is a digital collectible that isn't an NFT? Well, I don't mind the fact that they're NFTs. I mind that they're they're overhyped and that people are paying too much for them and people are I claiming see. they're unique and they're not actually buying pieces of artwork. So the or- theory behind the NFT is fine, right? I see. But like World of Warcraft, I have a lot of unique outfits for my characters mm-hmm. and. I like them. I could probably go through and you know say, "Hey, I'm never going to use this particular cloak or whatever. Just delete it from the outfit collection, but it doesn't take up any space." Sure. So I like it, right? Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. You like the being able to customize a, a, a game character. So you, when you're playing sure, the game, anything, right? You you look the way you want to look and the way you want to portray yourself. 
But but I have thirty different you know copies of the original Zelda as well on my PC, and they're all just slightly different. One would say, "Oh, you got thirty copies of the original Zelda." Well, no, I don't, because that would take up an ex- extreme amount of space. I get what you're saying, but when you give the example of wearing uh, digital clothing in an online video game. That at least is something that you're utilizing, right? It's a you play you play sure. this game, so you spend time there, and you want to portray yourself to the other uh, p- uh, players in the game, or if it's a single player game, just yourself in yeah. a way that uh, can can represent you. But having an NFT of a ticket to a concert is yeah. just like something like you put in your own little personal NFT scrapbook, and then do you ever look at it? Do you ever look at the personal NFT of your Ticketmaster ticket and then say, you know, reminisce about the concert that you went to? I mean, do do people do this? I wouldn't, but I thought the whole thing was stupid. I never looked into what I actually got. So that's that's the example. Maybe you can sell it to some idiot for (laughs) (laughs) $8,000. I would be more inclined to like look through old pictures or whatever of these concerts that I went to. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that was a good time, wasn't it? Or whatever. And, but even then, that only because it's a digital copy. I don't want to. I don't want a scrapbook of all of you know of printed, actual photos. Yeah, that takes up too much space, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. See, I think that maybe we're just unusual as far as collectors are concerned, or because like, because memories are valuable, well, right? You're the, unusual collectors in that you're not collectors. I'm not. Well, she says <laughs> she collects online some online things. I don't go out of my way to collect mm-hmm. them, right? Well, part of the part of uh, physical collections is being seen, right? Like somebody that has a collection of Star Wars toys that are worth thousands or tens of thousands of dollars or whatever, every now and then they bring somebody into their little room where they have their collection of Star Wars toys. And if that person is a Star Wars fan, they'll probably care. If they aren't a Star Wars fan, then they'll say, oh, that's nice. And then, you know, they move to the next room of the house or or whatever. Or they go, man, this uh, is kind of weird. Why do you have so much Star Wars stuff? <laughs> right. right. Uh, and, or you if know, it's you or me, we go, man. What a waste of space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, but yeah, right. To me, like, it's just things that collect dust and I don't want, you know, to have to dust more things. But I, I get why people want to have a collection. I, I get, don't. I, I get it. There's this. There's a thing that people do is they, they fill spaces, right? So like if you have a space... It gets filled with stuff. That's just what people do, and and then they die, and then they're <laughs> then the people that are their loved ones then have to do something with all of this stuff. Like the last three minutes of the show, I'm just going to clip those, and those people want to listen to every day when I first wake up. People collect stuff, they fill up space, and then they die. So that's the nice thing <laughs> about the digital thing is like when you pass away, no one's ever going to be able to clean up your digital mess because you're the only one who had access to it in the first place, and no and, one's ever going to need to clean right. it up anyway because it's not in anyone's way. Right. So that makes sense from 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 your perspective, but from the perspective of the collector who wants to show off their digital wares, it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. You can't take somebody. Why in your are you buying room? things in order to show them off? Though I think we're getting into the root of the problem here: is that people are trying to buy things in order to show them off. Why else would you they... spend eight hundred thousand dollars on a piece of artwork and then put it on your Twitter profile? Because they want it. That's why I would buy they it. They want to show it off. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here with you tonight, you've got Ian, 
Nobody. And Aria. Talking about some of the new things that are happening in the world of the internet. Uh, NFTs, which none of us in the studio really understand the, the insane craze surrounding them. We've talked about that for quite a bit. But we're going to get into the, the latest metaverse story. There's been a lot of pimping in the mainstream media of this idea of the metaverse, which is just a new word for virtual reality uh, that is going to be uh, expanding beyond the gaming world, essentially. So it's not just video games now that will be using virtual reality. It might be a meeting for your workplace or a shopping trip to Walmart or whatever else they've got in, uh, in store. Or in this case, Aria... A vacation. A vacation where you don't actually have to leave your couch. No, and in the article's defense, it points out that this is uh, sad and kind of depressing. And forget jumping on a plane and packing your sunscreen. Robots could one day go on holiday for us while we stay at home. And who's writing this? This is from The Sun. Okay. Of course, many of us want to properly lounge on a beach and see the sights. But scientists in Italy have shown how it can be done with a man... More than 185 miles away from his avatar. Hmm. And then it shows a picture of him suited up with a with an Oculus, and he's got some sort of metal bars attached to his hips. It doesn't look as a very It looks very uncomfortable. Yes. As well as some sort of gloves. And there's a creepy-looking robot thing, but it looks like that came from a movie. I don't think that's actual really? footage of the robot that was used. Dude, if somebody saw this creepy thing walking down the streets, they would break it with a baseball bat. Hmm. It looks like it belongs in a horror movie or like it's on its way to murder someone. (laughs) Instead of battling through tourists in Venice, the robot did the hard work for him while he remained on the other side of the country in Genoa. Though he didn't just sit around. To make it as realistic as possible, he was suited up with loads of sensors, a VR headset, and a walking board, which are all mimicked by the iCub 3 iCube, I guess, robot on location. They do have a leak here, so I get to... Click that and see what the actual robot I looks I think this like. is the robot. The, the images are from the Italian whatever. Uh, it's a creepy looking thing, dude. Yeah, it's got like a like sort of like a baby face look to it. I guess they are a lot more laid back in Italy because I can't see one of those wandering the streets of the United States and managing to make it to out survive. of one piece. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they made the robotic dogs like hydraulic and capable of. You can't of, knock them over. Right. Yeah. With the IQ robot, the user can not only see everything in real time, but can also touch and feel. The robot will even smile whenever you do. Hmm. Uh, that's It's not getting any less creepy. Experts behind it believe that it could one day be used to transport our senses to the metaverse as well. The 1.25 meter tall prototype struts around on two legs following your every movement. Did it you- co- did you say 125 meters tall? 1.25 meters. <laughs> oh, okay. I yes. was going to say, all of a sudden, it sounded fun for a minute. <laughs> so it's four feet tall. I chicks dig giant robots. <laughs> it copies smiles, talks, and handshakes. So when a guide hugs the avatar in Venice, or the robot in Venice... You can almost feel the warmth. They're calling the robot an avatar, and that, that's throwing me off a bit. The operator in Genoa... Felt it thanks to haptic feedback technology. Sure, imagine the. How many people want to hug a creepy robot, though? That's weird, number one. A four <laughs> foot tall robot, by the way, that looks like a little baby. Uh, 
the uh, haptic feedback, is it anything like the haptic feedback in the PlayStation controller, the little thing that goes bzzz, like in your cell phone? I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, what does that even mean? It's unclear, but it's only connected to him around his waist. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine he's, and he, he is wearing some sort of suit. Mm. But I can't imagine it's haptic feedback like we would expect well, I guess to if receive. Somebody is four feet tall; they would hug you around your waist. Yeah. It probably makes him feel some sort of pressure in his back, you know, simulating the someone's hands on his back or mm. something to that effect. But it, it, I'd rather really get lame. a massage myself. <laughs> yeah, it can't be very close no. based on what I'm seeing. On the one hand, the recent pandemic taught us that advanced telepresence systems might become necessary. Very if you're quickly. stupid enough to stay indoors. <laughs> right. That said, that was said by research lead Danielle Pucci from the Italian Institute of Technology. On the other hand, avatars, robots, may allow people with severe disabilities to work and accomplish goals in the real, real world via the robotic body. And I guess that's a good use I for this that. technology, yeah. right? But I also don't want to live in a world where we take all the disabled people and we throw an Oculus Rift on them and make them live their lives as robots. Mm. That doesn't seem to me like much of an improvement over just accepting the disabled person and their limitations and their you know needs and abilities. Mm. Well, the thing is, that's not up to us. It's up to them. Sure. If they see some advantage in doing it, let them do it. Sure, but I live in a world that historically doesn't give people that level of autonomy where it's like they would rather i would imagine the disabled people be put into these oculus things to exist as robots but that's speculation on my part you're right this may be an evolution of rehabilitation and prosthetics technologies what i also see in our near future is the application of this system to the so-called metaverse which is actually based on immersive and remote human avatars so you can have a fake cartoon robot walking around for you someplace you're not in a universe you're not in. Yeah, which I at least get, right? I, I, because the digital world doesn't follow the rules of the real world. Like, I don't see the point of this because I could just go to Italy or whatever. I mean, especially if they're in Genoa. They're already in Europe, presumably. I guess that's where Genoa is. They could probably just go to Italy and walk around. I think it said they were 100 miles away, actually. I mean, in theory, this could be cheaper than a flight and a hotel it's, in Italy. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that watching a movie on your phone is cheaper and easier than going to the movies to watch it. Yeah, it's not going to be the same experience, and it's it's going to be a shadow of the, the same experience. I mean, for somebody that's bound to a, a hospital bed, this makes sense. I get it, right? Like, you yeah. you are a terminally ill patient. You're never going to be able to move again. You're going to spend the last uh, few months of your life in a hospital room. This could give you some sort of respite uh, to that. Like, you get to go walk through the streets of Venice as this, uh, this avatar. And I can also give you a real-life example of where something like this came in handy. I actually saw this. This was years ago, uh, before any of the robots side of things. It was... Roger Veer, who had left, he's a, our, one of our sponsors, he runs Bitcoin.com, and he quit the United States. He res, uh, rescinded his citizenship, went through that whole arduous process, paid six figures to the U.S. government in order to do it. And, wow. and so, obviously, he didn't want to come back to the United States after that because he's no longer a citizen. He would have to go through whatever, you know, immigration, visa, application, etc. And then they might not like it. And they might even arrest him when he came here, right, for some other cooked up nonsense. They probably don't take it very well when someone renounces their citizenship and then tries to come back to visit. 
So, uh, well, especially some of I think they call that manumission when you're a slave and you buy your freedom. Is that right? I didn't know there was a word for it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he did that. But then some Bitcoin conference happened and they wanted Roger to be at the conference. And so he told them, there's no way in hell I'm coming back to the United States. And so what they did was they cooked up a, um, what do they call those things? They're They're like those devices you can stand on and kind of... Um, lean forward and it goes forward. There's a name for it, and I'm it's, it's escaping me right now. It's got wheels on it. Oh, a oh. segway. Uh, segway. That's it. Thank you. Uh, so they had a segway or the equivalent of it at this this conference, and there was like a tablet mounted to the top of the segway that had Roger Veer on like a video conference on the tablet, and Roger had some sort of a controller to where he could actually remote control the Segway to, you know, go around the conference room, basically. So there, so Roger was able to attend the conference without actually having to physically come to this location and put himself at risk. No, I'm really curious when this was, because South Park did this an episode on this. I mean, they yeah. did their episode on this years ago as well, but they right. had one of the kids, you know, do exactly this with a Segway and I think an iPad. Yep, that happened. So, Except maybe they didn't use a Segway. Maybe they pulled it with like a little red wagon or something. I don't remember yeah. now, but it it was the same basic idea of, hey, they can't be here in person, so we're going to set them up with an iPad, and that's how they're going to trick or treat with us. And it worked. you know. And, it and, did. And in that case, it makes sense. And it kept him out of jail. Right. Well, I don't know if they were going to arrest him or not, but he didn't want to find out. I, right? I would not put it past the American <laughs> government. They'll arrest anybody. Yeah, so I, I haven't... Well, they heard. arrested nobody. It's they true. They sure did. If they'll arrest nobody, they can arrest you too. Uh, so that's the story. I, I think it is definitely, it, this is definitely has those hallmarks of uh, sort of like virtual reality did back in the nineties where everybody was predicting that this was going to be the next big thing and it became absolutely nothing. So I suspect this is going to be kind of the same thing where there's a ton of predictions about, Ooh, look at this technology and almost no one will adopt it. It's going to crash and burn like NFTs. That's my guess. All right. Back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. And don't forget the AMPS program at amps.freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow.